So I've been driving and no deers have jumped out at me. <laughs> Praise God. That is good, right? Uh, a month ago, I saw a bear uh, for the first time. I was in Ravensdale going to work, and a big old black bear was kind of at the end of the street, walked across. I was like, look, bear. <laughs> I was in the, in just in the, in the city. Anyways, um, you know, I just realized that I, need, I needed this today. Thank you guys for inviting me. Um, I have a thanksgiving too, you know, that God is here and we get to relive and be in his presence and be anointed by his Holy Spirit. It is so good uh, in the midst of all this stuff that's going on. You know, I could tell you everything that's going on in my life and all the troubles and all the work and family and this and that. And then thank you for this service. Thank you for inviting me here not to preach, but just to be here, you know. This is so awesome. Glory, glory, glory to God. Um, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed by the clarity, you know. I think it's the English language. I remember when I was in, in youth, uh, I came to America when I was eight, and I went to youth services, but my Russian I was the bad student in, in, in the back of class, and I only went for like half a year uh, to Russian school, so I didn't learn much. But when I came to youth services, it was awesome, but man, the clarity, the words, the, the songs, is just so powerful. Um, thank you for that. Slava uh, Isusu. Praise God for that. Today I want to speak... It, it, there was there was an urge in my heart to uh, talk about this from Matthew chapter five. Uh, we're always encouraged to read these chapters uh, before the communion, and I w I w I'm going to focus on verse thirteen, like in our Bible reading. It, and this is the verse. It says, "You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt." loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. So I want to speak on the word salt, right? Um, here we see Jesus, he's, he's preaching the sermon and on, on the on the mountain, and he's saying, you are the salt of the earth. And I could just imagine myself standing there listening to him and hearing these words and kind of pointing at me, right, and saying, me, I am the salt of the earth? Well, what does that mean um, to me? Am I actually going to turn into salt and be salty? You know, after, if you don't shower for about a week, that, that could happen. But I don't think he's talking about this. What he's saying is, is something different. He's, he's trying for us to, to stop and pause and think about it. What does it mean to be salt of the earth? Now, he's, he's speaking to people that 
he's speaking to people that have um, come to believe in Jesus Christ. These are people that want to follow him, right? And, and they want to, want to hear him and they want to learn from him. And Jesus is telling them, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Now, wait a minute. How, how does salt lose flavor? And can salt lose flavor? I, I, um, I did some research, meaning I Googled it, and salt doesn't lose its flavor. But there are ways of salt uh, being not salty, right? Um, one of the ways is when you dilute it. Another way is when you contaminate it. It just loses its power uh, and strength and saltiness. And then, it, and then when, you, when you extract it and it's been contaminated and diluted, there, there's no use for it, right? And, but Jesus here is saying, you are the salt of the earth. Let's look at a couple of verses from the Old Testament on uh, where, where the word salt appears. The first one is Leviticus chapter 2. And as we go through these verses, have this in mind that I, or Jesus is telling me, that I am the salt of the earth, okay? As we read through these verses. In chapter 2, verse 13, it says the following. In every offering of your grain offering. So here in this chapter, it's talking about all the grain offerings that um, Moses is speaking to his people. And it says, and every offering of your grain offering you shall season with salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering. With all your offerings, you shall, you shall offer salt. If you offer a grain offering of your first fruit to the Lord, you shall offer for the grain offering of your first fruits, green heads of grain roasted on fire, grain beaten from the full heads. So what he's saying is here, when you bring an offering to God, to the tabernacle, to the altar, you should have salt there. Because salt is this covenant of your God, it says. In every, I'll read it again. In every offering of your grain offering, you shall season with salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering. With all your offerings, you shall offer salt. And this pertains not to only the grain offerings, but to all the offerings, to all the sacrifices, to all the offerings, when you bring it to God, there has to be salt there. And Jesus is saying, you are the salt of the earth. And there are several verses where it is talking about the covenant of, of salt. In other places, 
like Numbers chapter 18, uh, verse 19, it says, All the heave offerings of the holy things which the children of Israel offer to the Lord, I have given to you and your sons and daughters with you as an ordinance forever. It is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord with you and your descendants with you. You see, we see the word covenant here. Um, covenant of salt. I, I just want to go through a couple of these verses. Um, there's one particular one that stood out to me. And I have it right here. It's in my nose, but I figure I'll just open to it. Also in Second Chronicles chapter 13, verse 5, it says, Should you not know that the Lord God of Israel gave the dominion over Israel to David forever to him and his sons by a covenant of salt? So there is, there is this covenant of salt. And, and he is saying, you, to his children, you are the salt of the earth. Um, as if though there's something intertwined Right? We, we have this covenant with God and we make this covenant to follow Him and to, to love Him. And it's, He is saying that you, you are the salt. You as a whole, your whole, your, your heart, your mind, your life, it is fully, fully belongs to the Lord. So Kings chapter 2, 2nd uh, Kings chapter 2, verse 19. Excuse me, I did not um, mark it, therefore I have to find it. Chapter 2, 2nd Kings chapter 2. Verse 19. It says the following. Um, then the men of the city said to Elisha, Please notice the situation of this city. He's saying, Please notice the situation of this city is pleasant. As my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the ground barren. And he said, Elisha said, bring me a new bowl, put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the source of the water and cast the salt there and said, thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From it there shall be no more death or barrenness. So the water remains healed to this day according to the word of Elisha which he spoke. So here we see Elisha using this bowl, this new bowl, and he puts salt in it and he casts it and, and, as, and then miracle comes to be. The, the, the waters are healed. So in the same sense... The, when, God is, when Jesus is saying, you are the salt of the earth, 
And when Jesus, he casts you into this world where everything is barren, right? Not, nothing is producing fruits or nothing is producing and the water is bitter. And as we go into the new school year like it was talked about, you know, I'd like us to focus on this. Maybe you've heard many sermons about salt, right? About you are the salt of the earth. But maybe this will be a good reminder for you to encourage you, to build you up, to, I just want to let you know who you are in Christ. And when God is going to cast you into the schools where there's a lot of filth, there is nothing good, seems like, is being produced in the school systems. God wants to put you there so healing may come. But don't you ever have the sense when, like, I remember my school, school days, because I went through the school system here. I come into the school, and I tried, I tried to hide that part of me. I tried to try to be cool like the other kids. And I wish that somebody told me these words, because I remember those guys in school. They were the Russian kids or the Ukrainian kids that were super Christian. And, and they were bold in their Christianity. And when I looked at them, I, I kind of envied them. I was like, man, how can you do that? How can you just, you know, talk about Jesus so freely? I, I was always scared, and I, did, I just wanted to fit in with the rest of the crowd, you know? Whatever's going on, that's what I wanted to do. And I would always look at those guys. And I remember one time, his name is Peter Kiselak. Maybe somebody knows him. But anyways, I went to school with him. And when I looked at him, I was like, man, this guy is God-fearing, you know. And he kind of, you know, he kind of, um, he had nothing to do with the, with the people, you know. And I remember somebody started picking on, well, I don't remember. This was told, I, I met him in our church maybe uh, three or four years ago. And this has already been like 20 years. And, and I don't remember the situation, but, but he came up to me. He's like, Alexi, man, I love you so much, you know. I, I appreciate you so much. Because in high school, there were some kids picking on me, and you stepped in and you told them to, to, to leave. Because I'm a big guy, you know, like... I'm big now, I was big back then. Always people picking on me for some reason. I don't know, why, is it, why do people pick on big people? Anyways, but I don't remember. I was like, Peter, I don't remember this. He's like, man, I've been so thankful to you for so many years because you stood up for me. Nobody ever stood up for me like you did. But as I look back, I remember I, 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 I liked him because of the way he acted and composed himself in front of other people. He had nothing to do with... With the, with the kids that were in school, you know? And till this day, we are good friends. Anyways, what I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, that you are the salt of the earth. You see, you come here to church, and you want to listen to the sermons, but I want to tell you, you are the salt of the earth. You are the next generation that is going to continue the church. 
you are the generation that is going to continue the building of the body. And what does the salt, uh, what, is, what is salt used for? Can anybody tell me? What is uh, salt used for? Preserving, preserving meat, right? We put the fish always in the salt. You know, the men are out seas. They're always like stuffing the fish in the, in the salt so it doesn't go bad by the time they... What else? I want to wake you guys up because some of you guys are sleeping. I get it. I get it. Flavoring, right? Flavoring. That's good. Yeah, salt, you, you know, you, you cut the cucumbers fresh from the garden. You slice it. You put some, put some salt in there. You rub it together, you know? Oh, yes. And then the, the waters, it, salt pulls out water too. The waters from the cucumber and you bite into it. Oh, man. And the Bible even says, how can you eat food that is um, tasteless without salt? In Job, we find this, right? So salt adds flavor. So you as Christians, when Jesus says you are salt, you are supposed to be that flavor of love when people are attracted to you. Don't try to fit in into the crowd. Don't try to, you know, stand and be bold and be that salt for the people around you because they need you. They need you for that love, for that, uh, like, preservation, right? You, you are to preserve what you have. The, the Word of God. What else? What else is salt used for? One more time. Right. I don't know how to do that, but that's a good one. That's still open. That's a good one. What about when we drive in the snow? Melts the snow, right? So if Jesus is saying, you are the salt of the earth, and if it it, it has this power to melt things that are cold. It has this power to melt things that are just frozen up. You are the salt of the earth. You are there to melt these people with your love and your, your, your uh, freshness, right? This, this when you uh, flavor. What else is salt used for? Grease fires. Grease fires, right? When something bad is going on, you're able to come in and say, hey, guys, take it easy, right? Salt is also, it can, it can have healing effects, right? It, it heals. I remember when we went to Florida for the first time ever, I didn't know the sun was so, uh, so bad. I got my lips just blew up because I have the, what do you call it? cold sores. Oh man, it was bad. I called my mom. I didn't know what to do. She's like going to the ocean, you know, and the, the, the salt water, it, it, it heals it quicker. Man, I was in that flashing my face for a week, you know, because it hurts so bad. And if you look into the ocean, the salt water, it contains life, right? Way more than fresh water. And the water is clean. So, so it, it, there's way more. So Jesus he, he, there's something more than just saying, you are salt of the earth. When we stop and we think about it, and we observe and try to study, um, and there's so many other things, like salt can kill uh, weeds. It kills poison ivy, I found out today, you know. Salt, salt does so many good things. 
But then also salt can destroy things, right? If, like we read in the Bible, um, Abimelech, he, after he won the war, he, he salted the whole city, right? So nothing would grow. So if we think about that, how can we use that in our life? Well, the salt that lives, that Jesus is saying, I am the salt of the earth. Nothing, nothing bad is supposed to be there, right? That salt should kill all the sin. So how do we keep up this saltiness? How do we do it in a way that it's not too much salt and it's not salty at all? Any ideas? If, if, what, if, I, if I, I said in the beginning that salt is, you can lose the, uh, the saltiness by contamination, and if you dilute it too much, right? And sometimes people will taste the food, yeah, I don't taste the salt at all. You know, give me that salt. I have family members that love salt. I remember one time, I got to tell this story. This is, this is awesome. I was, like, I was like 16. I was like, I'm going to be a cook. Mom, how do you make borscht? I'm going to learn how to make borscht. So she showed me all the steps. You know, them. put the, boil the water, throw the potatoes, make the zajarka. Uh, then you throw in the, and I'm, you, our family, 10 kids, you know, we got to make a big, big pot. You know, that's the only ones we had. So she, she gave it all to me. She's like, you make the borscht this time. Okay, so I, I was cooking, cutting up the lettuce, this and that. And then it came time to, she's like, and then put a little bit of salt in it, you know, with some pepper. And she didn't tell me how much. So I, I took a spoonful and I went like this, right, in this big old jug. I'm like, man, that's not enough. It's like, большая кастрюля, столько мало соли. Stir it up, you know. And I was like, mom, I did it. I made borscht. And it looked good. Like, it looked like the one that mom made, you know. And my brother, my older brother, Yuri, comes over. I think it's that same day. They came over that night with a bunch of youth over to our house to hang out. And, and my brother's like, guys, come in. My brother Alexi tuta navaril barshaz, And one of the, there's like one guy and four girls or something like, or two girls. And he's like, and they're like, oh, okay, we'll try some, you know. But I didn't even try it yet. It was like it kind of happened fast, you know. So and I'm kind of nervous. I don't know what's going to happen. So at the same time, I'm proud. I made borscht. I, it's one time in my life I made borscht. Anyways, I put it on the table. And, and they're eating. And they're like, mm, this is really good, you know. And then I realized that they were just being nice, you know. But the guy, he's like, man, this is real good. You know, he's all red. Because he's like... It, I tried it, I tried it later myself, I was like, I, felt, I started sweating because I was so embarrassed of how much salt and pepper I put in there. And you know, in life, you will come to situations where you would want to like kind of overdid it, oversalted. Sometimes those things Try not to oversalt people in life. Because it's really, it, it, it throws it off, right? It, it does, you don't want to uh, be around those kind of people anymore when they just 
they're just dumping that salt on you. They're trying to clean you up, melt you, and, uh, you know, preserve you. And you're just like, whoa. Come, come with, a, with, with a balance, right? Have, have this balance. Pray to God that he would give you the wisdom to do it so that people would be drawn to you. People would want to uh, have fellowship with you. And then in the book of James, it says that, in the book of James, it, it talks about how, let's read this. this I, I really like this. And, and this really helped me in my life as I walked with Christ. Chapter 3, it says in verse 10, Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, he says. He says, my brothers, brothers and sisters, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. So, what he's saying is, um, what he's saying is, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. He's saying that can happen, but it ought not to be so. So if Jesus is saying that you are the salt of the earth, and when you go into your workplace, when you go into the school place, wherever it is, have this on your mind that you are the salt of the earth. And you're thinking to yourself, man, I, I, I would love to do that. There's a desire deep within me. My soul, my spirit is telling me, yes, I want this. But every time I come into that situation... Every time I come to some friends that are cool and of this world, I just want to be with them. You know? I want to party with them. I want to say the filthy words that they say. I want to listen to the music that they listen to. And I want to do the things that they do. But yet, as you're listening to these words, you're like, man, I would really want this. And there is a solution to this. What's the first step that you can take to be the salt of the earth? Well, Jesus' first words in the book of Mark is, he says, repent. Repent. In chapter 1, he says, repent. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. When was the last time, like we saw, we saying, I am in awe of you? When was the last time you were in awe of God? If you have never had this moment, then Jesus is saying, the time is fulfilled. Like right now, the time is fulfilled. Today, on Tuesday night, the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Like the kingdom of God is here. Are you a part of the kingdom of God? Are you, are you the salt of the earth? 
Jesus is saying, repent. Turn. Repentance is when you, when you do a 180, when you fully turn away from these things. You just turn around from that. You, you say no. I remember when I was 16, 17, I was driving home, I remember, and I had a full case of CDs of this Russian techno garbage music. I don't know why I had it, because all the cool kids had it, you know? I was like, I'm done with this. I just threw it out the window. That's repentance. When you, when you just, that thing that is holding you back, that thing that is, you, you hate it so much, Jesus is saying, repent. Like, turn around, come to me, come to the kingdom of God and believe in the gospel. Believe in the good news of what Jesus did for us, brothers and sisters. Every time I hear the gospel, something within me, it stirs and I'm just in awe of what he has done for me. He has taken, taken that death away from me. And today I live because he lived. Hallelujah. And as we go into prayer, think about these words. And if it was, it's been a long time, you know, and you have lost that saltiness, right? You're not salty anymore. You, you, you know, each one of you knows for yourself where you're at, where you're at with Christ. Jesus says, repent, come back to me. And I believe that he is the only one that is able to give us that strength to have that flavor, have that, uh, to preserve, to melt away, to heal. He is the only one that gives us that strength. And we are able to follow him, look at him, and he will give us that saltiness. And the people, people around you they will, you know, some of them will love you because of the way you are, but some of them will hate you and, and rejoice when those things happen. That's what the Bible teaches us. Let's stand uh, and pray.